Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. It's great to have you with us on Church Online today. My name's Josh and I'm the campus pastor at Arena Mansfield. You are very welcome here. If it's your first time, kick back, relax, and um, I hope that this message speaks to you. We're in this series at the moment called Let's Talk About Faith. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. We've had a couple of weeks of this already, so we're right in the middle of it, right in the nitty gritty when we talk about faith. I want to start by reading probably the most famous faith verse in the Bible. And it's the Faith Hall of Fame, Hebrews 11, and we're going to look at Hebrews 11 today. It says this, it starts like this. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Today, we're going to talk about the life of faith. And I want to start with a question today, a question for you. Are you living a life of faith or are you living a life of fear? Are you living with faith or are you living with fear? I think the norm in our world today, if I can be really honest, is to live in fear. Fear of the future, fear over finances, fear of war, fear around politics, fear of the people around us. The norm is to live in fear. But the Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind. As the people of God, we are called to live the life of faith. And today, if you don't know God, I want to tell you this, that you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to wake up scared every day. You don't have to always be looking over your shoulder. You can be confident and you can live a life of faith as you put your trust in God. The life of faith is one of assurance, it's one of confidence, it's one of hope. One where we know that no matter the, the really tough stuff we go through in life, we win. We win in the end because Jesus conquered death and grave. And because we put our trust in Jesus, we know that we will go to heaven at the end of it all anyway. So in the end, we win. So we can have confidence and so we can have assurance here on this earth that God is with us, that God is for us, that God paid the price for us so that we can walk with Jesus. Because faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I don't know about you, but I want to live a big life. And fear, it makes us small. It stops us stepping out. It seeks to confine us, to trap us in anxiety. It's always telling us why we can't. Come on, you must have had this feeling before. 
You wanted to start that new business, but you were scared what people might think. You wanted to maybe wear that certain clothing, but you were worried about what people might say. Maybe you wanted to really step out of the box and try and do something different, maybe help somebody or, or take your life in a different direction. But because of fear, you never did it. Because of fear, you drop your dream, you drop your purpose, and you walked away. That's what fear tries to do. It tries to confine us. But the, the faith life, it leads to stepping out, to dreaming big dreams, to taking leaps of faith, to going where God calls. Fear tells you why you can't. Faith, faith asks, why couldn't we? And today I want that to be the, the vocabulary of the people of God. Why not? Why can't I go and set up that business? Why can't I pursue my dream? Why can't I go and help those people? Why can't I continue to be in a, a generous in a world that is constantly telling us how little we have? Why can't we? That's the vocabulary of faith. The faith life has led people all over the world to set up businesses, to start charities, to open churches, to serve remote communities that no one's ever heard of, to take up the mantle of leadership, to bring about social change. Because there's one thing in common with all of our heroes, that they overcame their fear and they stepped out in faith, whether they were believers or not. They had to step out of the confined box that we get put in at times in our lives, the box of safety, and they had to take a step. A step towards a dream, a step towards a goal, a step towards the bigness and fulfillment in their lives. And today from Hebrews 11, I want to look at three elements of faith that we see in the Faith Hall of Fame. The first one is the example of Abel. Hebrews 11 verse 4, it says this, By faith, by faith... Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Now, Cain and Abel were the, the, the first sons we saw in the Bible, of course, and these boys, they had access to great resources. They, um, one of them, they looked, looked after cattle and farmed in that way, and one looked after crops, and that's how they did it. They both had the same opportunity. They both had a big opportunity, actually. But Cain chose to be stingy, and Abel chose to be generous. You see, it takes faith to live a generous life. I believe that we're in a season at the moment that's going to be marked by great selfishness because of fear. Oh, what about the rising bills, Josh? What about the, uh, the, the cost of living crisis, Josh? What about inflation? I believe that people are starting to and maybe will continue to hold things really tightly in this next season. It will be marked by selfishness. See, selfishness and stinginess, they come from the root of fear. It comes from this idea that I have to take care of myself. I need to put me first. 
and it leads to a small life. The Bible says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And I've seen this in my life. I've seen this in my life with people who, they're the last person to the bar. Come on, we all know that person when they open the wallet, moths fly out. Come on, we all know that person. That's not a good person to be because that leads to a small life. It leads to a life that's all about you and all about yourself and always looking to gain from others but never give back. Selfishness, it's a temptation that I believe we all feel. Every time it comes around to our legacy given each year, we have this fun called legacy that we do here at Arena Church and it's to do exactly that, to leave a legacy. It's beyond our tithes and offerings. It's to, it's to um, yeah, leave a legacy for, for the years to come for our church, for our children, for our children's children. But every time this time of year comes around, there's this voice in my head. No, Josh, that's too much. What if you don't earn as much next year? What if you need that money? And every year I have to battle that whole idea of keeping what I've earned, keeping what I've made to myself. I have to battle it. I have to work to overcome it. Frankly, that doesn't happen anymore when I tithe because that's something that's been ingrained in me for a long time. The tithe is always first for me, but when it comes to this, I have to battle, I have to fight off the, the, the stinginess, the selfishness, the fear. I have to battle it. We see from Hebrews 11 that Abel, he gave this generous offering by faith. And generosity is always by faith. It's always by faith. It's, it's the faith to know that because we've honoured God, God will honour us. It's the faith to know that because we put others first, God will choose to put us first. It's faith to know that with our tithes and offerings, that as we give 10% away, that God can do more with 90 than I can do with 100%. It takes faith to be generous. And this man, Abel, it says he gave the best. He gave the best portion, the greatest portion. Come on, it can be easy. It can be easy to, 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 to give you know, that, that, that doesn't cost us that much. It can be easy to give us just, just a little bit, just a £10 to charity, just took the £5 to that person. But we're called to a higher standard. We're called to be generous. Abel didn't give from fear of what might happen next year or what might happen next month. He gave from faith that God would provide. We have an opportunity, I believe, in this season to show the world that in the midst of great selfishness and greed, that the church will continue to be open-handed, that the, the church, the people of God, will continue to be generous, that we'll be generous with our resources as we've already spoken about. But what about with our words? What about with our time? Come on, after coronavirus, it feels like we, we all got so used to getting our own way because we're in our own company. We did everything we wanted with our own time, or we were in our time at least a lot, our own time, it was all ours. But now it feels like people don't like to be generous with their time. And we see him on Twitter and on Instagram with the abuse on social media at times that people are really not being very generous with the words. 
Words are being used to bring down, not to build up. It's time for the people of God to be generous with our resources, to help those who maybe can't feed themselves in this moment, to continue to put God's house first, to be generous with our words, to lift people up with our words. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. I don't know about you, but I want to speak words of life. And we want to be generous with our time. Sometimes people don't need your money, but they do need your time. And that's important for us to remember in this next season. And like it was for Abel, it's always an act of faith. An act of faith to say no to what you want to do in that moment and to prioritise somebody over yourself. That's generosity. The next person I want to look at is a man called Noah. And we come across Noah in verse 7. It says, by faith... When warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that's in keeping with faith. See, Noah, he had the faith to live different. See, when we find Noah in Genesis 6, the world is a mess. Verse 5, it says this. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. And that, listen to this. Every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Wow. That is a bad time. Now, we live in a different time, don't we? We know that there's problems in our world, but I wouldn't go as far to say that every thought of the human heart is only evil all the time. This was a bad moment that Noah was living in. But this man, he rose up and he lived differently by faith. See, it can be easy when you're surrounded by all kinds of bad stuff, all kinds of negativity, all kinds of fear to become bad, to become fearful, to become negative. When you're surrounded by selfishness, the hardest thing to do is to be generous. When you're surrounded by gossip, it's really hard to hold your tongue. When you're surrounded by fear, it's really hard to be a person of faith. Just a side note, this is why we say you'll be the average of the people you five, uh, the five people you're closest to. And it's the truth. I've seen it in my life. But this man Noah, in the midst of the mess the earth's in, in Genesis 6, is described as a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Do you know how hard that is to live righteously when you're surrounded by wickedness? It's hard. It's hard. You know, it's hard because we have the same challenges as Noah in our world today. Oh, I'll just look at that image. Everyone else is. I'll just fiddle my taxes a bit. All my friends are. I'll keep all I have to myself. Come on, it's survival of the fittest, isn't it? I'll tell a fib to get out of trouble. Everyone bends the truth. I'll get that extra drink. Everyone else is letting their hair down tonight. You get the idea. While it might feel easy to be righteous on church online today, to live different in our world is hard. It takes character. It takes faith. 
there is this thing in common with faith people. They live different. They choose to live God's way rather than the world's. They choose to stand out and shine. You see it with the heroes in the Bible all the time. Daniel is described as having a spirit of excellence. Joshua and Caleb are described as having a different spirit. Jesus is described as being different to the religious leaders because his words and his actions, they lined up. People of faith live different. Come on, I want to tell you today, I want to challenge you today, Arena Church Online. It's time for us to live different, to live like Noah did, with righteousness in the midst of a world that's wicked. It's time for us to prove the word of God in our world, to demonstrate his love, to show a new integrity, to live with the peace that surpasses understanding, to walk with a holy confidence and to speak with a higher vocabulary. When we live different, we shine. And finally, in our walk through the faith hall of fame, let's have a look at Abraham. It says this in verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. My last point is this. It takes faith to live with obedience. This man, Abraham, his life, it was marked by obedience. And arguably, he is one of the most well-known men to ever walk the earth. What started as a humble farmer became a great nation because of his obedience. It wasn't his great talent. It wasn't his great skills. I'm sure he had talents. I'm sure he had skills. But the Bible doesn't talk about that. It talks about his faith and his obedience. The problem for Abraham was it seemed like he never really knew what was going to happen next? But to his credit, he just trusted God with the next step. Let me ask you today, are you trusting God with the next step? You might be at a crossroads right now in your life. You might not be sure. You might be trying to control everything. Why don't you try trusting God with the next step? See, Abraham, he could have settled where he was he could have stayed there and been happy with how far God had brought him. But God had called him to something better. And because of his obedience, he was called friend of God. God told Abraham, he said, look up at the sky and count the stars. So shall your offspring be. The issue at the time was that Abraham and his wife Sarah couldn't conceive. But Abraham took God at his word and it came to pass. He always had faith for the next step, which is why he could walk in obedience. What about you? What are you facing right now? Are you trusting God? Have you got faith in God? 
for what's going to come in your life? Have you got faith for your future? Have you got hope for your future? Maybe you're living a life of disobedience now and you know it. You're doing your own thing. You're living your own way. And it's hurting you. It's costing you. It's costing you your destiny. It's costing you your purpose. It's costing you your peace. And you've lost all sense of direction. And you need guidance. I want you to know today that you can start the journey of living with faithful obedience by coming back to Jesus. By saying sorry for your disobedience and saying, God, I choose to follow you again. Let's be like Abraham and live this life of faith with obedience. Today, I want to draw two responses. The first is if you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an invitation to know him. And the second is if you say, I've not been living a life of faith, Josh. I've not been living obediently. I've, I've not been living different. I've been living like the world. And I've not been living with generosity. And you say you want to. I'm going to give you a chance in a second to respond. But if you don't know God, if you don't know who he is, if you've not got a relationship with him, but something's stirring in you today to say, yeah, Josh, I want to start a relationship with this Jesus. Wherever you are right now, why don't you just say in your heart, Jesus, come in. Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, come into my mess. Jesus, come into the good stuff and the bad stuff. And the Bible says that we need to say sorry for the stuff we've done wrong. So why don't you just say for a moment, God, I'm sorry for my mess. I'm sorry for where I've got it wrong. And I pray in your mighty name that I would walk with you in a new life. If you prayed that prayer with me today, if you said those words with me today, I believe that Jesus is in your heart. You need to let someone know. So why don't you message on the chat? Why don't you tell a friend and we'll help you. If you need a Bible, we'll try and get that to you as well. But for those of you who say, I want to live a life of faith. Come on, wherever you are, close your, close your eyes, open your hearts to God. So God, for every person that maybe isn't living with obedience, maybe isn't living generously, God, maybe isn't living like Abel, Father, maybe isn't living like Noah, who lived different, I pray, God, that you would help them live the life of faith, that you would help them with the walk of faith, that you would help them as they go today, God, as they go into their workplaces this week, as they go into the schools, as they go into the clubs, I pray you would help them live the life of faith and walk with you, the big life, the great life. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.